<laughs> Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Midgard's Well podcast. Thank uh, you for drinking from the well. <laughs> <laughs> if you're joining us for the first time ever, this is our first time on this platform. You can find our last year of videos on YouTube at Midgard's Well. Um, this will hopefully also be uploaded to YouTube. So if you're rejoining us after our seven month hiatus, welcome back. Uh, this is Allie. Chris. Roman. You're allowed to talk on this one. No name. <laughs> Bula, you can say your name. Fine, this is Bula. Uh, so we're going to do a quick intro and we're going to jump into a bunch of questions that uh, we've been asked recently. Um, Brief description of ourselves. We are a Norse pagan kindred in the Kansas City, Missouri area. Always looking to meet new people and answer many questions. So, so yeah. speaking of new people then, we've Is gotten... small and short questions or abundant questions? Ah, oh, dude. I don't do very much throughout the day. Uh, we like questions. And speaking on those questions, that is something we will actually have here today. This is a... That's the topic for today is questions. Questions. The why are you asking questions. all the questions? The easiest, hard, easy, or more hard than the why do you do this kind of question. Yeah, for real. Uh, so a lot of the questions that we're going to answer in this particular cast or episode or whatever you want to call it are things we've covered in other videos but we just figured let's just start over because it's been so long and if we got over overlap cool beans so first question we'll start with is why would someone nowadays practice this religion because why not it's cool right i mean that is honestly a thing that really draws most people in <clears throat> as we always like to talk about the brosatru and those types one of the most uh, attractive part of this religion really is the how different it is set to so many of the other religions. Uh, the biggest religions nowadays, of course, being Christianity, Muslim, Judaism, uh, Hinduism. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are some of the bigger ones. Yeah. Uh, everyone's got their own reason to be drawn to it. Everyone's got their reasons for practicing. But me personally, I find the, the one of the biggest drives for me is that it's less of this... I need to get on my hands and knees and I need to pray to someone, I need to ask for things, I need to do whatever to appease somebody above me and more about, shit, well, how have you earned it? You know, why are you worthy of this? Yeah. You know, it's more of a religion of, you know, the, the gods are, look at them like your ancestors, your great uncle, rather than like, that's God. Right. <laughs> you know? Or yeah, sometimes that have... creepy uncle you don't want to talk to. Right. You, you don't have that hardcore just like, I'm going to literally whip you if you do not pray hard enough. Right. Like, you know, that, that very dichotomy, good or evil, heaven yeah. versus hell. Oh, you didn't follow every rule of that book that you're supposed to read, so bye-bye. Right. That's one of the things I've always told people a lot when they want me to explain why I've chosen this path to them. It honestly comes down to, like, if, uh, with Christianity, uh, when you don't do a good enough job at that whole, you know, being a Christian thing... Well, hold on. let's, before we delve too much into it, let's make sure we try not to just attack anybody. <laughs> but still, like, you have, if, if, they say the only way to heaven is through the Lord. Right. The main thing I say is just in this faith, it does not matter who you talk to at night. It only matters how you lived. Right. So that's the thing that attracted me, the honor system. Yep. The system of self-reliance, but also being able to use these powers from bygone times. And, like, honestly, and even that feeling these powers like the world opens up completely differently when you look at it from an old 
perspective. Mm. And I just want to add in a quick disclaimer. Uh, we're not here to crap on any other religion. We aren't here to convert anyone. It's very much a, we just want to explain our thoughts and feelings on all of this. So if you are not Norse pagan, uh, take any of our opinions with a grain of salt, or at least do your own research and make those opinions for yourself. Yeah, we, we may spend some time comparing and contrasting other religions, mostly Christianity, because that's what we know the most of. Right. But it's not like, hey, this is what the Christians do. Fuck them. No, that's, right. not, that's not what we're about. Because we all know some really awesome Christians. I, I personally have a few really awesome Muslim friends. Uh, and we, we, we also have, we yeah. also know some shitty Norse pagans. Yes. Oh God, yeah. There there is that guy. Those people are in every sect. It yeah. does yep. not matter. Yeah, because humans yeah. suck, and that's what it comes down to. Sure. So let, let's get into some more like specifics, though. Chris, why do you practice this religion? What brought you here? The main thing that brought me here was after high school, soul searching, trying to find something that felt better. I did not feel at home in my old church. I did not feel at home in my old beliefs. But I knew I believed in something. I could not be atheist. I couldn't do it. I just had too much weird shit happen in my life. And then that thing continued, and I had an extremely crazy experience calling out to Thor, and then boom, things literally happened around me. So I, I and as much as I came to the religion, the religion also like flashed me. <laughs> <laughs> Damn sure did. You can hear more about that story in our founders council, not council, um, our founders video on YouTube, because we go very much into depth on that one. Yeah, it, it's very much a religion, at least for me. Why I stay here is I feel like it's a two-way conversation. Mm -hmm. Whereas with Christianity, it felt a lot like prayer was one way. You know, this feels a lot more. It's not always like a verbal response like mm -hmm. you think of, like you see in movies or anything, but you get the signs, you get the feelings, you get these things. You know, there's a lot of people in Christianity talk about that too. Yeah. Uh, I just didn't get that, and I get that yeah. here. Yeah, it's just something as simple as in the old way that my family's believed our entire lives, you could be like, oh, the birds are chirping today. That's a sign from God. But it didn't feel like it. Whereas in this one, when I see two crows just come out of nowhere and sit like on the building staring at me and they call and they fly off, I'm like, oh, oh, that's something. There's no murder around here. I've never seen these crows before and they just show up. I'm having a moment of turmoil in my head. They yell at me and they leave. Yeah. For me, it was uh, ancestor worship. Um, I got to the Norse pagan aspect of things after my grandfather died and... Uh, yeah, this was a religion that basically said that I could still see him. And ironically, I still do. He'll randomly appear like on my couch and I won't see him. I can smell him and he's just sitting on my couch and it smells like oranges. And I'm just sitting there like, damn, what'd I do wrong now? <laughs> so for those that don't know, what does ancestor worship mean? Ancestor worship is... it's Honor and veneration. Yeah, so it's basically treating your ancestors as though like when you pray to the gods you would pray to your ancestors usually first because they're the ones who give a crap about you the gods have a lot of people they got to deal with your ancestors have you and your siblings your cousins whatever and even if you come from a huge family like mine my grandpa's gonna put priority over whatever i'm begging for help with over my cousins in a heartbeat so yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge to reword that a little bit. Where you said um, 
pray to the gods like my ancestors, you know, or I have that backwards. That's how I want to say it. <laughs> Where basically, because we don't, kind of like what I mentioned in the beginning, is it's not about getting on your hands and knees. We literally stand up with open arms and pour some drink on the ground. You know, we talk to our gods like they're standing right there, mm-hmm. like like it's your best friend, like it's your uncle. Yep. You know, you talk. We to invite them yep. in. We we invite them to party with us. Yep. So yeah, I'll rephrase. It's equating your ancestors to the same level of attention and worship you would give to the gods. Yeah. Which is what I was trying to say, but it's been a really long day. I get that. Yeah, it's it's a it's it's reverence. Yes, remembrance. And that is one thing though that also, again, like any of you listeners out there, will really switch up and change based on every single individual. Yep. Uh, my ancestral connection is not as deep as it is with the gods, and there are some people who are almost solely ancestral and leave the gods to their own machinations while they're here on Midgard doing their thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so the next question she asks is, how practical is it to practice this religion? It's easy. It is so easy. Yeah, I feel like we kind of touched that on uh, touched on that a little bit. Right, because you literally just walk out in the middle of the woods, right onto your backyard, so wherever in a nice little spot you set up in your house and you just immediately allow yourself to put your defenses down right it's almost easier than any of the like mega religions because i feel like prayer is such an individual thing yeah no one's ever told you how to do it and anyone who does tell you how to do it is either wrong or giving an opinion right or you're in a cult and you didn't know it <laughs> As far as as far as we're concerned, Christ, Christians have a little bit more structure on yes. that point. And Catholics uh, have a lot more structure on prayer. Right, right. <laughs> uh, I feel like as far as uh, we're concerned, though, as far as what's the practicality of it, it varies from person to person. Some mm. people like a giant, what is that, three-inch by two-inch hammer <laughs> that they wear on their necklace. <laughs> yeah. You know, Chris used to have a dog collar that he'd wear every day, made a chain mail. Get and another so, one. Yeah, some people are really, really flashy about it. Uh I don't wear any. I don't really wear any jewelry except for my wedding ring, but that's because you, you really can't in a kitchen. Um, but the it's as big and flashy or as minimal as you want because the guys don't care about the show you're putting on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's what you do when no one's looking. That's what the gods care about. They care about your honor. They care about your actions. Not oh, look at me. Look at all the tattoos I've got. Look, I've got a beard. I've got long hair. Mm-hmm. No, fuck that. They they care. Did you help that old lady cross the street? Yep. Right. Did you tell a lie? Did you break an oath? You know, do you honor your parents? Do you remember your ancestors? That's what the gods care about. I'm curious about your view on the practicality of the religion. I want to go outside, you go around, and you're just like, hey, Thor, what's up? Yeah. Or help me out, and that, Yeah, and that's a good point. That really is how you talk to them. You don't have to be like... Hold on, light the sage, light the candle. Right. <laughs> I mean, there is that sometimes. You know, yeah. every, every... You can get ritualistic about it, yeah, but... Well, and one thing I want to add is you can do this basically wherever. Like, Chris kind of yeah. touched Inner on city. it. city. Yeah, like, literally, you can just stop wherever you're standing and go, hey, this one's for my homies up in Asgard or something, you know? Like, you can just walk out the back door, and that's yeah. all you got to do. Sometimes thing... that's all I do. I, I can't say, though, one of the biggest hurdles and the most unpractical things is all the fucking research you have to do. Yes. Because you can just step into it and pray and stuff and try to, like, act into the gods. And you and it does work to a sense. But you're going to miss out on so much if you don't, in my opinion, 
if you don't dive into the lore, into the history. For sure. And we'll, we're definitely going to get a little bit more into that in one of the questions we've got coming cool. later. Um, but, yeah, as far as the practicality, the, yeah, there is a lot of research, but I wouldn't say there is any more than if you were an actual devout Christian who spent any That's time fair. reading the full Bible. Sure. Yeah. For those of us coming into it, we're basically packing in what we did in our childhoods in Christianity. We're trying to pack that in now. And yep. get to the same level of where we would have been. Right. I mean, it's a little bit more difficult because there's not a whole lot of Christians except no. for priests trying to learn Latin like yeah. we're trying to learn right. Icelandic or the runes. Right. Mm -hmm. But in the same vein, you have everybody going like every Sunday and sometimes Sunday and Wednesday. And we're over here like, so we have very little to work on. Yeah. Let's find out what we're working with today. Yeah. And that, that kind of adds a difficulty level to the practicality of it because we're working with very ancient text for a spoken religion that mm -hmm. wasn't written down and what was came like 500 years or more after the fact yeah, yeah. written by mostly priests yep, yep. Mm -hmm. now thankfully it, without getting too much into a tangent it's nice because scandinavian folk have always been super into heritage right so and they don't try to bastardize it too much but still if you're a 1236 monk writing down stuff of course like if you even found the pagan rituals and magic you leave it out because you don't need anyone knowing about that right. and it's, it's not that we're avoiding the tangents right now we just have a lot of questions to get through and that's we'll, true yes they'll yes. all get answered we'll get these tangents eventually oh yeah. yes because uh again if this is your first time listening to us we are a very tangenty group so yeah be impressed with us for now <laughs> yeah yeah just wait so i'm gonna i'm gonna skip a couple questions to one of her last questions because we kind of touched on it, and we're dancing around the subject right now. Are rites of passage still a part of this? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the that's the short answer. So let's tangent just a little bit. It, um, you don't have to like hang yourself from a rope tied around your neck on a tree for nine days and nine nights. Hold on. Hold on. What to... does that mean? Why Why would you even say that? <laughs> <laughs> because of Odin. Right. So I mean, give me give. For he those ritualistically that... sacrificed himself to himself to learn the runes and to gain magical powers. Yeah. So there is a form from the old sagas and tales. There's Thor and how um, he is constantly challenging everyone around him. That like he has to be the best. There is Heimdall always keeping a watchful eye out for mischief and mayhem. Right. But also the ritualism part of it comes from the part that I think makes us connect the most. Those rituals of entrance... Or those rituals just while you're in the religion and years and years into it really set the stage. Um, I personally find it almost... I want, too easy is the only word that keeps coming to my mind, but I, I shouldn't say it's too easy. Mm. I, I wish there was a bit more of like a crash course for people because I do just get, I get super offended easily by people who refuse to do any of the research mm -hmm. and have no idea, but they are covered in like Norse tattoos and they got ravens yeah. and runes. I'm like, yeah. tell me what any of those runes mean. And, and then they, they just they give you the thing they found on. I just love the show Vikings, man. Yeah. Like, oh, that breaks okay. my heart every right. time. So, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to bring this a little bit more specific because the question is more specific rites of passage. Yep. As far as what we as a kindred do at Mid here at Midgard's well is we currently have like two, three rites of passage we've got a naming ceremony that yeah. we do mm -hmm. uh we do a couple of different things as far as joining the kindreds concerned mm -hmm. yep. uh but at the moment none of us have kids so there's not a whole lot of rites of passage that we as a group do and this religion is so very 
varied yeah depending on who's practicing and who's leading yeah uh we here we don't have a single person leading we did that on purpose so we didn't like end up crossing lines we have a checks and balances system that we try to use as much as possible um, right, that's what I was thinking. We don't have a chieftain who eventually gives a child an arm ring saying they're a part of the clan. Right. Right. Because for one, we don't know if the child's going to choose this path. And secondly, like, that's just not how things work anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. We can reconstruct a bit of the past, but we should not be caged by it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I'll use another religion's example, like uh, the um, Bar Mitzvah, Bat Mitzvah, Bris. I mean, I know all three of them are... are Judaism, mm -hmm. but they there's a clear defined crossing between boyhood and a manhood. Mm -hmm. And I know because I've, I've been asked this question before. You know, you seen the show Vikings? You know when they ate the salt off the sword? You know the, the, these sorts of things that you get. But for some people, the mass media is all they've got for context yeah. Yeah. for this. And it's just like it really depends on who you're with and where you're at. I know in other parts where the religion wasn't lost as much, like in Scandinavia, mm -hmm. they've got different rituals. They've got things that they do depending on who's still practicing and how. Um, but as far as, yeah. one of the big things that we still do though, is in our joining ceremonies throughout time, before you become a full member, you have to lead your own symbol blow offering. You have to think up the entire thing, lead it, uh, guide everyone through the spiritual concept of it, through the more physical togetherness of it. You design what happens in these, um, rituals. So yeah, there is a bit that we do, and we might do more. Uh, we are working on a lot of programs to help with that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we don't want it to seem foreboding or like some mountain you have to climb. Yeah, I mean, like we just said, you know, where most people come to this from another religion, mm -hmm. they look at, all I know is Catholicism, right? You know, when you're young, you're working, if you weren't done as a baby, you know you're working towards your baptism, you're working towards your first Holy Communion, you're working towards this, that, and the other thing. And there's all these, they're not, they don't call them rites of passage, but there's all these ceremonies that they have to go through as Catholics, and it seems normal to them. For us, we're just trying to make a crash course for people who are like 30 years old and suddenly yeah. dropping into this and like, oh shit, there's so much to learn and read. Like, where'd you just come from? There's a lot to learn and read, too, but you were doing it your whole life. Right. Um, any other, anything else to touch on or next question? Um, I mean, I know we're building rites of passage. We're, we're kind of, like with much of this religion, we're building it as we go. Um, it's something that we're working on for our kindred book, is putting together rites of passage for the whole, whole life. Um, but... Like Roman said, none of us have kids yet, so it's one of those, we'll give you a more firm answer as far as what our rites of passage are, probably within the next 18 years or so. <laughs> we definitely understand the power that comes from rites of passage. For sure. And we have that within tiers of being a member, from going from uh, just a random associate that we like to hang out with to being a full member and on a council where in which you have a voice. Not to say that our people don't have a voice, but it... That's getting a little it, further into it, though. Yeah, it's a, it's a little more of a power yeah. situation. But again, the simple answer to that question is yes, there yes. are rites of passage. They're not fully, clearly defined yet. Uh, there are a few that we do have, um, and others have more. Yes. Some have less. Uh, big thing is, though, so, sorry, big <laughs> thing real quick, though, is there is, to my knowledge, not very many, if any... Like Native American pain endurance rites of passage. 
Right. Like, you don't have to uh, strap yourself to a tree and hang by your nipples in the hot sun. Although maybe we should implement that because that'd be pretty great. Yeah, I guess I guess there's a Sundance thing, but that's more like there's less rites of passage and more. How much gamey. of a badass are you? Yeah, I guess, yeah. It's more showing off and boastable. Yeah, because yeah, I can't. I can, sadly, I, I I had the tribe on the tip of my tongue, but I can't remember it with the Native Americans. Right. I mean, there there's others. They but do like walkabouts. They do. Yeah. I mean, there's other examples that we can pull from name a religion. Right. Yeah. right? But the uh, the closest we've come is attempting to do a sweat lodge that broke mid construction. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but. You know, we're, we're working on it. We're, we're trying to we're trying to create more, so it's more structuralized. Yeah. Um, the next question uh, we kind of touch on a little bit is what is a practical way to explain this to a child? And I know right now this is like a huge question that everyone asks because name any hot button issue in politics, everyone's like, "What do I tell my kids?" Oh, yeah. And religion's a big one too because you want to be able to explain this to your kids. You know, like, hey, how come? my friend Joey told me I'm going to hell. Like, that's that's not a conversation you want to have. How do you explain yeah. this to your kids? And how do you tell them what they can tell their friends? Man, this again, is something that's stressing me out. Well, then it also <laughs> comes down to each individual person because then again, like me, I'm still very, like, with my giant Mjolnir and my tattoos and stuff. Mjolnir is, is Thor's hammer. Yes. Yeah. I have Mjolnir, I have the, uh, I have an axe head, I have Gungnir's spear. I mean, I have, Odin's spear. uh, boats and sun wheels and runes tattooed all over my body yeah i mean there, there's the loud practitioner so what would the loud practitioner i would in a def- hypothetical situation yes. so first coming up to it even before school tell the stories the stories in this religion seem almost completely like grimm's fairy tales 100 yep. because they're so old because this is the thing that slowly became those fairy tales yeah. the wild hunt which if you've ever played the witcher games that wild hunt is actually based off of the wild hunt that takes place in Scandinavian folklore. Can you give like a 30-second synopsis of that? Uh, the wild hunt is more or less during once a year, Odin goes out with a bunch of the Enranghar and many other warriors and gods flying over the lands, and they just hunt to their merriment. It is a night of festivities for the gods, and more or less, don't be caught outside when it happens. If you do, lay down. Fun fact, second day of Yule. Yes. Sounds Fun like fact, second day. Sounds like Passover again. More or less, yes, yeah. exactly. There's so much between all these faiths, and that's one of the things you would tell the child. You would tell them the stories to get to give them this grandiose sense of like, oh wow, the gods are really there. Like yes, they're right by us all the time. The veatir, the spirits of the land, they're always here. Yeah. And you give them the sense of wonderment. Yeah. And then when they go into the world, and someone tells them, well, that's not right. You're going to hell because my daddy said this. You'd explain to them that is their different belief, mm-hmm. and you can be happy in the fact. That in our faith, it does not matter what you believe. It matters how you act. Right. Um, but if they're completely distraught by it, then a really good way to tell a child this is kind of like, again, these are just ways to live by. The Bible is one of like really, the Bible, the Quran, and a few other of those usually monotheistic books are the only ones that say this is the whole truth. Yeah. All the other pagan religions know very much all the books, all the sagas, all the stories are entirely based around what you should try to do. Did Odin really come down and uh, have a verbal debate with his son just for the sense of proving who's better? We don't know. It could have just been a poetic interpretation 
of an actual squabble that someone saw between a father and a son. And they put it to Thor and Odin. We don't have to take these things so literally. And And arguably that's any religion. yeah. Yeah. And the child should be damn proud of where they come from. Because this is not only just heritage, especially for my family, of course. Sure. But it is also, eh, it's also, it's easy. It really is an easy way to view the world because it's archaic, because it's still magic. It doesn't kill the child's sense of wonder or their sense of imagination. Mm -hmm. It allows them to feel like, oh, maybe my imaginary friend isn't literally all just in my head. Yep. Let them realize. Gives them a sense of validation. Yeah. Let them realize that they are allowed to see fairies in the woods. Yeah. They're totally okay to feel these different urges and desires that they're feeling as they grow older even because that's the gifts from the gods. Yeah. And you just have to understand that there, or I would explain to them, they need to understand that there are just some people in this world that have shut themselves off so harshly from the magic around them that all they can see is facts. And if they don't have it written out in front of them in ink, they can't believe it. And their life's going to be a lot more boring for it. As As someone who's coming from a very, very, very Christian family, being one of like maybe five pagans in this entire family, um, and all my pagans being on my dad's side. Mm -hmm. So um, my plan right now is essentially, you know, raise them on the stories, tell them about that, but also encourage my family to tell them Christian stories, encourage my friends to tell them stories from Buddhism and such. Um, And I know I'm playing off what you said earlier before the video, but it was something I was already planning. Um, Just giving them a well-rounded view of what could be out there for them and letting them make up their own mind once they're of age. So yeah, so when little Timmy comes home one day and his friend Bobby's all, you're going to hell because you're, you know, worshiping demon gods then little Timmy can sit there and be all, well, here's an argument. I may be only six, but you're going to hell too, bastard. <laughs> so With one L. Yeah, I'll see you with hell. Uh, <laughs> my kids are going to be very antagonistic. I can already feel it. I believe it. I'm going to... I'm actually surprised by how well Chris put that. And I'm not going <laughs> to... I'm not going to change much of what Chris said. Yeah. Uh, I agree that just just tell them the stories. Yep. Read them the sagas. Tell them about the mythology and give them a sense of wonderment, but let them choose. You know, and then if you do have little Timmy who tells your kid you're going to hell because you don't, you know, Christ isn't your savior, then teach them the Bible too. Tell them mm-hmm. read them the book of Matthew that talks mm-hmm. about only God can judge. Read them the book of Romans. This does the same thing. Talks yep. about love. Yep. You know, there's there's so many other examples about how casting the first stone is wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, there there's it, it goes back and forth and it gets into all sorts of different things. But how do you tell your kid about the religion? You tell them the stories just yep. like yep. you would any other fairy tale, just like you would any other story in in the uh, you know, like I'd probably read my kid uh, the story of Jonas right right after I read the story of um, Sleep Near. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Together they sound like fantastical fairy tales, right? And then maybe next week I'll read the kid, I don't know, Robin Hood. You know, whatever it, whatever <laughs> it may be. go off of like Thor pulling Jormungandr out of the sea 
And then also you go into Jonah and the whale. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's been, it's such a strong belief in mind that religion should bring peace. And if it's yep. causing wars, then it, there's something... Wrong. I don't want to say wrong because this is someone's like deep belief system, but yes. Well, wrong with the system, not with the belief system. Right. Right. I can also debate that fact. We can and get we'll, into that later because we, we have war gods. This is, That's this true. Is a, this is a different podcast. Than, right. Because this is for another question that I've got for another episode. Too. Okay. So the last, I mean, we good on this one? Uh, I just one? wanted no, to okay. add that at the very least, if you're trying not to raise your child as Christian, uh, using the stories from Christianity will at least give your child a way to defend themselves should it ever become a problem with them in school or in life, because at the very least they can go, um, this part of scripture, look at yourself right now. What did you just do? You went against that piece of scripture. Right. And that's... That's a tough one. And again, and a really good way. With any religion, you throw their, their faith right back in their face on why they're wrong. That either puts up a hell of a wall it does. or and a I lot mean, of anger. But by that point, you would hope your child would know which one that situation is. Yeah. And again, we're not trying to make it sound like we're attacking Christians. Oh, God, no. It's that's just, just that we know the most. Yes. And here in the Midwest, those are the ones that attack us. Yes. Right? And because... Well, it's still one of the biggest religions throughout the entire world. So True. you're... But if you tell if you tell a Christian you're Jewish, they're gonna leave you alone. You tell a Christian you're Muslim, sometimes leave, most of the time they'll leave you alone, depending yeah. on you know if they wear a red hat or not. But if you get into it a little bit more, if as soon as they find out that you like, oh okay, what do you call your God, Thor? Like oh you're pagan. There's such a nastiness that is yeah. associated with the word pagan mm-hmm. to them, and I'll get into the history on that in a different episode. But you know for for right now, just give them as much information as possible because it, it's. It's a religion of education. Yep. Yeah. So the last question that she asked is, this is one of my favorite questions. What does the afterlife look like? Party. No, I'm just kidding. Right. But <laughs> I feel like this is such a great question. It almost deserves its own episode. Because we could literally be like, this hall, this hall, this hall, right. this hall, this, this hall. This, this is a hard answer to give because we have on our YouTube, we went, it was what, like a 45 minute video when we talked about the afterlife? Have we done that video yet? I think we've talked about it. I'm not sure that we've done it. I know we talked about hell in one of our episodes. But it, no, we did a Vol Hall, not all, not Vol All. Right, Vol That's Hall, what it was. not Vol All. Okay, so if I can give a really quick overview, and I'll just give a quick yeah. overview, and y'all come in when you can. Do it. There are nine realms, all right? So there's a giant tree. It's called Yggdrasil, right? And it holds the nine realms of the universe. At the bottom is called Niflheim. At the top is called Asgard. We're somewhere in the middle called Midgard, right? It, middle. Yeah, middle. The mm-hmm. middle garden. The middle home. The, right, the middle home. So it was described to me one time as a multiple choice afterlife. And I really love that example, even though I don't, sometimes I don't care for this guy, but whatever. So the multiple choice afterlife is where we talked about at the beginning of the episode how it's a, it's a religion of honor. The dishonorable the ones that break their promises, the ones that break their oaths, the one that will say one thing, do another, the, the really, I don't want to call them bad guys because it's not a good versus evil. It's an honorable versus... Yeah. These are the same guys that are going to end up in the ninth level of Dante's Inferno. Right, right. So these, these are the guys, they're the betrayers. These are yeah. the Judases, right? If I can use that example. Uh, they go to Niflheim. Yes. Right? They are encaptured in the roots of Yggdrasil, and they are gnawed on by a dragon named Nidhaug. Um, and this dragon will gnaw on you for eternity until Ragnarok, which is the end of all time, comes. And you will be part of Loki's army. Right? So, I mean, not, I don't, I'm just giving a really quick synopsis on this. 
Another option is if you have an honorable death, being because this is a warrior faith, being one where you die in battle, or you know you've died with a sword in your hand, or done some sort of like honorable death, and there's several options, right? You can be chosen by one of two gods, and well, one is Freya and one is Odin. Right? Freya gets first pick of all the honorable dead. You can go into her hall, which is a giant expanse of land that you can farm on, and your family can join you. Folkvinger. Thank you. I couldn't remember the word. Say that again one more time slowly. Folkvinger. Folkvinger. And that's literally like the folks' the, place. The home yeah. of the place. The home of the people. Yeah, home of the yeah. people. Right, and that's that's uh, because of where they were in Scandinavia historically. This would be like the heaven. You get anything you need, and your crops will always grow. But the best part, the cherry on top, is your family can join you when they die, right? Because you've earned it as an honorable death. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Because the second place is much more. This... I'm not dying. I'm just living to fight another day. Right. The second place is the one everyone knows, right? Yep. You die with a sword in your hand, you died in battle, you've done everything, and you go to Odin at... Valhall. The Valhall, right? It's this golden mead hall where everyone every day just fights and feasts and dies and rises again to feast and fucking drink and fight and everything that sounds awesome if you're 18 years old. <laughs> Until you realize you're dying over and over and over again. But it's epic. Right? right, and so it's really epic. Which training come for Ragnarok come to be yep. the number one elite warriors of Odin's band. Mm -hmm. Right, right. You are the badass of the badass. Right, because if you spend all eternity being eaten on by Nidhogg, you're not going to fight as well as the guy who spent eternity fighting. Yes, right, right. So I mean, but that that said, those are the two like coveted options of death. Right, even They're, though it's sorry, but just a quick tangent. It is hilarious because a lot of the times, even in the sagas. Odin is not met with good graces. No. Because they know, oh, Odin's on the battlefield? Well, great. We're all going to die now because he wants like two people. Yeah, he wants like two people. But Odin, what people don't realize, he's the god of death. That yeah. that image everyone thinks of is the Grim Reaper with the long cloak and the pointy hat and the, the scythe. Fucking Odin. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because that that is what he would wear. You know, he had his long gray cloak. Think of Gandalf. That's <laughs> Odin. And Gandalf there, of the dead. Exactly. But there is actually a story where he killed nine giants at one time without making a single move other than throwing a stone in the air. Mm -hmm. And they all killed themselves with size. And we'll get into that another time. But this dude causes death wherever he goes because he can. He is the god of death. Mm -hmm. Right? He's, he's a god of a bunch of things, but that's like, damn. Right? He yeah. is the Grim Reaper. Yeah. Um, and then there's the common place. Yeah, there's the one that everyone goes to, and that's hell, right? Hell one L. is one L. And it's the queen of the afterlife, her name is? Hell. Hell, hell. go figure. So it's actually Hellheim that you mm -hmm. go to, or referred to as hell, run, run over by hell, the goddess of death, who is beautiful on one side and decrepit and dead on the other side. Mm -hmm. Daughter of the son of Alfe, Loki himself. That's mm -hmm. right. And so that's where everyone goes. And that's just kind of known as the place of bliss, the place of just contentment. Mm -hmm. There's just like, conti is that continue? 
Yeah. You, 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 it's like after the game when you don't actually have to start all over and stuff or anything. It's just, oh, you're still kind of in a world, but you don't really get, like, missions. You're just, you're just yeah. there. It's sandbox mode, minus yeah. capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> right? And so that, I mean, that's where, where that is. But uh, like I said before this tangent started, is it's a multiple choice religion. Mm-hmm. Because they do talk about once you die, uh, you want to be buried or burned because there are some sources that say Odin wants you to be cremated after death. There's some sources that say it doesn't fucking matter. And of course, there's mass burials. There's burial mounds. There's right. all sorts of things. And of course, it's easier to afford being burned where the rich people can be buried. Right. So whatever is done with your body afterwards, if you, you what you want is a new pair of shoes. Because you'll have your shoes for some reason in the afterlife. And you can use those to leave one realm and go to another and wander. Yep. That's and, why it's so big for people to be buried with a weapon or their greatest thing. It gives you something to do in the afterlife, much like with the Egyptians. Right. That said, as far as what to do with the body in the afterlife, or once they're dead, make sure their fingernails are clipped. Yes. <laughs> right. So it, it, it said at Ragnarok, Loki will ride upon a giant ship. And on this giant ship is his soldiers of the dishonorable dead, among others. Right, and this entire ship is made out of the untrimmed fingernails of the dead. So all the dead need their fingernails trimmed because if they're not, you're continuing Loki's ship. Ironically, right. the name of the ship is Nagfalar, which means ship of the nails. Ship of the nails. Right. So I mean, there, there's, there's some funny things in it. And you're kind of like reading these sagas and the stories, and you're like, what the fuck? Where did this come from? Why is this? <laughs> right. But. The multiple choice part is you can actually leave one area and go to another. There's another sort, there's a couple of sources that talk about when you're, when you've died, there's even a place of judgment even that you can walk to. And and I think that this is kind of comes from if you leave one place, not sent one place, it's kind of confusing for me where it comes from, but there's a place of judgment. And this is where we get the ideas of guardian angels because you have like a Valkyrie that is kind of your guardian angel. Uh, throughout most of your life now if you're really dishonorable they left you a long time ago Mm -hmm. right they're not with you and they will not speak on your behalf how do you speak on your own behalf you have to know the language of the runes which we'll get into that another time but this is why odin hung himself right learning the language of the runes is not easy and it's more than just being able to know the difference between rito and thorn yeah right and but beyond that so i mean you can there's this there's the long walk (laughs) to travel the universe there is the place of judgment well and to touch on the place of judgment thing because i'm remembering a story dealing with the place of judgment where in which you arrive there with your death shoes already pointing in the direction of the realm you've already been decided you're going to so you have no choice right you just basically have to step into your shoes because the judgment was made before you got there because Mm -hmm. your valkyrie was all hey i vouch for this person to go here you just step in your shoes, and the shoes will walk you to where you're supposed to go. Right. I didn't touch on that. So I mentioned the the, the guardian angel, the, the Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. That's a whole thing. Because then we get into the Norns and yeah. personal Norns. Yeah. But on the short level, they speak on your behalf. They yeah. speak the runes. They so want you. So give them you. something to talk about. Give That's them something the to talk about. Exactly. That's the biggest thing of this religion is... You have to be known, man. Mm-hmm. Make a name for yourself. And that's, that's what it says throughout so much of the sagas is the only thing that is eternal is how people talk about you after you're gone. Yep. yep. Yeah. Because <laughs> once you're dead, you can have millions in the bank and you can pass on your kids yep. or you can sit there 
but you're not taking that with you. Yep, you gotta pull an Achilles, and that's why no one will remember your name. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. The only thing that can really go with you once you're dead is what are people going to say about you. Yeah. Yep. And that's not to say you have to go and do anything, like, massively big. You don't need to go and cure cancer, although that would probably get you some major points. But, <laughs> I mean... You'd be, you'd be right there with air. Right? <laughs> right. Like... Just live a good and honorable life and, you know, leave a memory with your family, you know. Don't just be that person everyone refuses to say their name because they screwed up so hard that they were shunned. Or don't be the person who's every time your name is mentioned, everyone's like, motherfucker. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> don't mess up the Orlog. Orlog is Norse karma. Uh, Norse karma, though, does not represent just the one person and their problems. It's your whole family line. Right. If something bad happens to you and you've been doing nothing but good things, not your fault. You're Some fixing dude, it. A few generations ago, just decided to kick a baby, and <laughs> <laughs> that's extreme. <laughs> that, but that's that's the thing, though. Like you're Orlog and you're weird. As long as we don't want to acknowledge them, they mm-hmm. play a big part of things. But all we can do is take control of our own actions, right? Yeah. We even if we're in a shit situation, we have a choice to make, and that that's that's the practicality of this religion. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, that's the last of the questions this particular person sent. Does anybody else have anything else to cover? Um, if there's anything that you guys would like to specifically hear us talk about... Hit us up on Instagram or Facebook. Yep, or this. Know. This place lets you send voice messages so you can actually ask your question inside the podcast. Anchor is really weird and awesome, and I'm really into it. Specify so. if you want us to play it on the podcast or not for others to hear your question. Yes. So we do not accidentally put your voice on a system you do not want it on. That's a great point. Yes, we absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, you can send uh, even just like a regular message through here. So you can send your questions through Anchor, through Instagram, through Facebook, or through email at midguardswell at gmail.com. Yeah, and so the person that asked this question, shout out to you, at Lil Alicia on Instagram. Thank you for your question. Really appreciate it. Um, Folks, as always, thank thank you for for drinking drinking from from the well. well.